changed the saying either through error or impulse, all of which goes to prove Pablo Picasso's statement that bad artists copy, great artists steal. But was Jobs right? Had Picasso ever said such a thing? QI has located an intriguing precursor that appeared in an article titled Imitators and Plagiarists, published in the Gentleman's Magazine in 1892. The author, W. H. Davenport Adams, wrote that to imitate was commendable, but to steal was unworthy. Adams extolled the works of the famed poet Alfred Lord Tennyson, and he presented several examples in which Tennyson constructed his verses using the efforts of his artistic antecedents as a resource. Of Tennyson's assimilative method, when he adopts an image or a suggestion from a predecessor and works it up into his own glittering fabric, I shall give a few instances, offering as the result and summing up of the preceding inquiries a modest canon, that great poets imitate and improve, whereas small ones steal and spoil. Note that Adams seems to think that it is wrong for poets to steal. But Jobs is not only accepting of the artist who copied or stole, he seems to have cited Picasso as a way to say that the outright thieving turns a good artist into a great one. Adams concluded his essay on Tennyson with additional praise for the poet and a condemnation of plagiarists. Oddly, as QI will exhibit, the word plagiarizes was incorporated in later variants of the expression. In 1920, the major poet T.S. Eliot published The Sacred Wood, Essays on Poetry and Criticism, where he presented his own version of the maxim. Eliot, ironically or not, interchanged the terminology used by Gentleman's Magazine. To imitate was shoddy, and to steal was praiseworthy. This change is closer to the modern incarnation of the expression employed by Jobs. One of the surest of tests is the way in which a poet borrows. Immature poets imitate. Mature poets steal. Bad poets deface what they take. And good poets make it into something better, or at least something different. The good poet welds his theft into a whole of feeling which is unique, utterly different from that from which it was torn. The bad poet throws it into something which has no cohesion. A good poet will usually borrow from authors remote in time, or alien in language, or diverse in interest. In 1949, a book review columnist in the Atlantic Monthly employed an instance of the maxim that replaced the word steal with plagiarizes. The reviewer assigned the expression to Eliot, and this version has been circulating for decades. T.S. Eliot once wrote that the immature poet imitates and the mature poet plagiarizes. Goethe to Eckermann before Eliot said, If you see a great master, you will always find that he used what was good in his predecessors and that it was this which made him great. The book Time of Apprenticeship, the fiction of young James Joyce by Marvin McGlainer, published a decade later, contained another variant of the expression. Strangely, McGlainer seems to associate the quote with T.S. Eliot without making the connection that Eliot is perhaps the quote's author, so far as McGlainer might know. 
the word poets was replaced by artists, and borrow was used instead of imitate. Obviously, any author is influenced by what he has read. Even forty years ago, T.S. Eliot knew that he was perpetuating a cliché in saying so. But in the case of such eclectic writers as Pound and Eliot and Joyce, this axiom is supremely true. They are concerned not merely with the general ideas and techniques of their predecessors, but with their very lines and words which they reconstruct in a new mosaic of verbal power. To paraphrase a contemporary critic, immature artists borrow, mature artists steal, and Joyce was a mature artist. Three years later, in 1962, Esquire magazine printed a humorous piece titled The Student Prince, or How to Seize Power Through an Undergraduate, by Robert Benton and Gloria Stein.